0: what's up this is rebel radio what up what up this is dj newmark this is Tina better wolf it's your boy it's okay keep checking out rebel radio rebel radio this is
1: rebel radio we're in the place right here uh, rebel radio is going down would you say rebel radio oh wait let's do it again R-R- Rebel
0: Radio.
2: what's up rebels welcome back to rebel radio the weekly show where i bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture i'm your host josh levine this week, we bring you our returning champion, Eddie Donaldson. Uh, if you listen to this show, you've heard Eddie co-host with me several times. And if you're new to the show, then welcome. Eddie is the founder of Gorilla One, which is, I would call, a street art consultancy. He's a big part of the reason that street art has the massive cultural impact that it does. He works with a, a number of artists uh, to help them with um, selling art, selling to corporations, etc., He works with corporate clients, making all of those cultural connections. Uh, and he's an old friend of mine, so I'm excited to have him. He's also the curator of the Love Los Angeles online art show coming up uh, soon. You're gonna wanna follow sugarpressart.com to find out more about that. Uh, features a lot of the artists that we've had on this show and, and many that we haven't. Um, Tristan Eaton, Saber taz risk Esteban oriel dave navarro aka life after death and many many others uh, lots of great prints that i'm sure you're going to want to add to your collection check out sugarpressart.com for more info on that in our interview we talk a little bit about what's happening with street art during the pandemic you know some of the artists who are stepping up their game raising the bar etc cetera, etc cetera. we're also going to do our first ever replay Of my favorite interview uh, sorry my favorite story from the interview with Esteban Oriol he told a story that I just love and it bears repeating so we're gonna repeat it but let's get into the interview with Eddie Donaldson right now well dude this is nice man I appreciate you coming out out all the way out west here Thanks for having me. Uh, no, it's nice to do this. I've been doing this over Zoom, which is not fun. Yeah, Zoom's Sorry. rough. But, you know, in some ways, like, this is... We're, we're kind of built for this. Yeah. Right? Like, we, we've been working in or without offices forever. Even when you have office, half your business gets done... Not in the office. ...somewhere else, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been just, I think, flexible and mobile is like the whole name of the game. I think
0: for us, the office is for other people to do the work, right? I mean, (laughs) at least for me. I mean, I just have to have a space so other people can work and I can come in and make sure it's getting done and then I'm on the road or in my car. Yeah, I mean, most of my most valuable conversations happen in my my car.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think there's value in having a place for people to congregate, right? When, whenever that needs to happen. Yeah. But we're not, you know, I think like corporate America is not, they're, you know, they're having a much harder time adapting, right? Like, and you know, there's loneliness, there's depression, there's confusion, there's, you know, how do I stay focused? Like that's the stuff we've been dealing with our whole lives. The whole career, yeah. For sure. So, you know, in some ways it's a a blessing to have that, uh, to have that background.
0: Well, you know, one thing I think it does for like just me and using me and you as an example, last time we went to a major studio, right? Hmm. I'm all intimidated walking in. I'm seeing all these tchotchkes and these big, you know, movie posters. And it's like you get there and all of a sudden it's like you're looking up. Right. Right. Now, like you said on the call, I think you said that um, it it levels the playing field. a little. Yeah, for sure. You know,
2: everybody's at home with their kids and their dogs running through and all that. It's good. You know, I'm like we should uh, we should emerge into a better world after all this. Yeah. Who kn- not without some, some bruises. Yeah. Uh, and when I say we, you know, some more than others.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of the technology aspect of everything, I'll be honest with you. The for sure. convenience factor. You know, it's like I, I, I think it's going to make everybody have to think a little bit more. Yeah. Because the, the playing field's a little more level, you know, and it might give them a little more respect for people who have been as gritty as we have been as long as we have. Sure.
2: You know. At the same time, you know, the flip side of that. Right. And you make your living or part of it in, in street art, uh, which by definition needs people out in the street. Yeah. To see it. Oh, um, that part. Yeah. That part. <laughs> and like, you know, we you know, we've both we we've, we've worked in events and, you know, clubs and festivals and a lot of, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're used to is not happening right now. Well,
0: ironically enough, Josh um i'm getting a little bit more money per impressions on some of the things that we're doing okay yep. and there's a lot more that. real estate than there used to be because there's a whole lot of boarded up buildings and you know you'd be yeah. surprised that how the dynamic is you know like i'm getting a couple dollars more per poster and stencils right now and there's a lot more space you know and if you yep. look at people lining up outside Prince street pizza on sunset you know any given night at six o'clock there's twenty people standing out there waiting to get some pizza, sure, and that's my new audience now is nice. you know those guys you know like or airwan, you know airwan's banging constantly, yeah now a stencil outside Airwan's worth a little bit more than it used to be because mm. there was so much going on, and now there's so less going on that those target spots a little bit more key makes perfect sense um, so what's so what is the business?
2: What are, you, what are you working on these days?
0: I mean, selling art primarily. Okay. Which slowed down a lot in the last three months. I guess everybody's e, uh, EDD money ran out.
2: So was were people buying art Oh, yeah, in the beginning year? of the
0: pandemic, I, really? it was bananas. Really? That, that's the only way I was able to, to, to stay, sustain. Was so people,
2: you know, staying home, they're fixing up their houses. Fixing up
0: their houses. They're getting their EDDs or some of these... People who are working at these major studios are not home a lot, so they're right. kind of complete. They're they're okay with not finishing the project, and sure. you spending more. You spending ten hours a day in your living room on a, on, on Zoom. You're like, wait, I want to put something on that spot. You right. know? So I did really well, and then nice. it kind of slowed down. Um, but it's picking back up. I got a print release coming out on the seventh with the Love Los Angeles style show, and I, I kind of I took the time to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to level up a little bit when it comes to the game now, you know, before it's like I'm playing 10 games. So I'm like, whoever can get involved in that game is cool because we're going to win anyway. We're just not going to win by 20. Right. Mm-hmm. Bad analogy, maybe a good one. Now I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. So okay. I got Tristan Eaton. I got Sabre. Shout out to Tristan for getting me to turn the game up a notch because he definitely was like, "Nah, that's not going to work during these times. You know,
2: what do you, so what did he say?
0: I was just, he's like, so who else is in the drop? And I was like, I don't know, whoever I calls me today, you know, it's kind of like, I don't, that's how I curate, you know, because yeah. all my friends are, you know, or most of my friends are on that level. And he was like, nah, maybe you should use this time to really turn mm. it up a knots. So I got Sabre, Tristan, Risky, Taz, David Flores, Esteban. Um, on Oriol, which was a big one for me because we're doing his book cover for This is Los Angeles. Nice. And I got Amanda Lynn, who's been a part of the crew forever, and uh, Sess from New York. Oh, okay. And I mean, it's, you know, I probably wouldn't have done that if Tristan hadn't gave me that, like, call me when you got the list together and we'll talk about it. You know? Yeah. Um, and then there's the show, which has 20 people in it, like Navarro's in it, you know, with dual diagnosis and with life after death. Luke Westman, a bunch of good people, but you know, I'm taking this time when it comes to these things to really turn it up a notch because I have the time. I can kind of focus.
2: You know what? I just got a new bed and life is better. If I had one wish for everybody listening, it's that you get a good night's sleep. You know, it seems like so much of the world is out of control these days. Uh, I know for myself, I handle it better when I'm rested. So I'm excited to talk to you about Helix Sleep helix sleep has an online quiz that takes just two minutes to complete it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress just for you you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep i took the quiz with my wife and uh, it's weird Uh, we both sleep the same way which is pretty cool we both sleep on our side and we like the medium firmness whatever that means Uh, so we got matched with the helix midnight lux And it's the best mattress I've ever owned. I'm falling asleep right away. Next thing I know, it's morning and I've been sleeping through the night. It's great. So if you happen to be looking for a mattress, go on, take the quiz, order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. You don't even need to go to a mattress store ever again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash rebel radio, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to two hundred dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleepcom radio. Go check it out now. So how does how does the drop work? Is it all
0: on the seventh? We're dropping prints by each artist. All online. All online. Okay. We're gonna do. I'm doing. I am doing a pop up with a at Diamond Supply on the thirteenth. Oh, okay when we'll do some limited merchandise you know collaborative merchandise available he's going to sell some sell and sign some books and then we're going to hold some prints for that date so that people if you buy it online you can pick it up that day mm-hmm. or you can buy a few available there and kind of either get them personalized or take your photo with a step on and
2: what is the uh <clears throat> obviously art something that it's easy to buy online but if i had a guess i think most art people still go to art shows and they want to
0: see it I don't think it's easy to sell art online. I really don't. I think the prints are one thing because it's not, you know, it's not as detailed or as technical per se. Um, There's not as many layers involved. It's kind of, you know, but I I don't, I'm I'm not really a big fan of selling online. I would love to get back to a place where we can show in person, you know, because, well, there's two two pieces, right? There's one, you're only going to spend so much on something you haven't seen, which means someone like me who's earning commissions, only going to earn so much commission. Right. Um, and I like the way people's faces light up when they go, I love this piece. And they stand there for 20 minutes and then they cop it. You know, yeah. there's, that's kind of like a win. Sure. You get paid, but the win is like when somebody falls in love with something on the wall and they're like, can I take it home tonight? You're like, no, you can't. They're like, please. No. You know, because they want it so bad versus it being kind of like a, a, a a line item or or a bucket list piece. You know, oh, a print from Esteban. I I need one. You know, it's a little different when it's in person. Yeah, and I think there's the,
2: um, you know, there's a reason that the bar is usually open. Yeah. There's there's that communal, you know, I I, I think, like, I mean, I've definitely bought art at shows that I wasn't planning when I I wasn't going there to spend money. Why did you? Because I think you get swept up in it and, you you know, you see other people enjoying it you know you 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 feel like you're part of a community
0: can i tell you a secret it's true true story Please. i've only bought two pieces of art at art shows and okay. i've been in this business for 25 years and both were exactly that i got swept up and caught up in the moment i bought a piece yeah. from norm on fairfax when he first opened the studio before it was known gallery because i was just so happy that he had it and i, I saw how happy he was and it was uh-huh. like I wanted to be one of the first people to actually kind of kick in, you know. And yeah. then I bought this piece. I can't even remember the kid's name, but it was this heavy metal rocker dude with a mohawk, like this little character. He actually has a show on Cartoon Network now. And it was ba- I bought it because of Heavy Grass. I was like, when we blow up, I'm gonna put this in the office. <laughs> We're still waiting to blow up, but. Um, <clears throat> but you got the. Piece. I got the piece. So when we do, and yeah. if we ever have an office that people like can come to, I'm gonna make sure we put it in there. But speaking of heavy grass, we are we are on the way back. We're coming out with the collaboration with Clown from Slipknot. Nice. I mean, I hope so. You know, me and you both know that those things don't always pan out to be what they're supposed to. Um, but you know, I'm excited. I think Slipknot has a pretty solid following.
2: What do you, What do you think is the um, is there is there a formula? Or is there a secret to to these collaborations that make them work versus the ones that don't?
0: Yeah, you got to really be about that life, Mm. you know, like you look at Burner and Snoop Dogg just dropped some shit and the first words out of Snoop's mouth was like, yo, when you get this, we put our paws all over it, we give it to our friends, it's like real, you know, because that's what he's doing. He's probably blazing right now, you feel me? Sure, sure. But so if you're just trying to like capitalize off the name of your band... Which I'm not naming any names, but we both have been involved in a lot of situations where you could be the biggest band in the world, but if it's not, you're not about that life, your consumer doesn't necessarily, sure, a portion of your, your audience is, but if you're about that life, it'll work for you. Be real, probably can't go wrong. You know, Burner can't go wrong, Snoop can't go wrong. But
2: so, um, who of the artists that you you're watching that you work with that you you know have your eye on who's like using this time to step up
0: tristan eden risky's doing pretty well right now like there's just no stopping him.
2: and is that just creating more is it like what 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 are they doing
0: well i mean tristan's just making a lot of the right moves and Mm -hmm. aligning himself with a lot of the right people you know which is kind of what he told me to do with my thing i think kelly just has the means and the facility to create more work which has him becoming a little bit more creative because as you make more work you have to do you have to do things a little bit differently every time or you know you kind of got to branch off into different areas but kelly's doing really really well you know he's put a great team together and he's just constantly working like it's a factory there now Mm. you know it's just like um you know, and that's, probably and that's, um,
2: that's not commissions, right? That's like well, it's
0: commissions and it's just work to make it and send okay. it out. But he's got a lot of hotels and a lot of different commercial places around across the country that are asking him to either come and do murals or create murals specific, you know, create work specifically for them. Nice. There's a guy named Garen swing that's doing a lot right now. Um, who you might have known back in the day, but Not he was enough. part of House of Pain in the beginning, Okay, lived with Danny. He's a, he was an interior decorator and like a faux finisher for a while. And then I, when I had my gallery in Melrose, I was like, yo, come do a stencil. And he came and did a, he, he did the opium den. He designed the opium den mm. and a bunch of other bars that you would know. Mm-hmm. But he had a Ganesh stencil and I had a spiritual gallery. So I'm like, come put a Ganesh on the sidewalk next thing you know now he's making art and he's doing he's doing really well with it you know he's got ian trager hiring him to do a bunch of really cool installations uh globally actually um so he's taking advantage of it i think anyone that's able to take this time and just focus that i know is really being able to get at it sabre's doing a lot of great things right now the seventh letter is is you know casey has been able to take this time and create a couple different outlets like pins and needles um, which we have a pin dropping with this month as well. Mm. If you don't know what it is, it's basically he makes lapel pins with everybody from MQ to GK to me and Jim. Nice. And you know they're easy turnkey things that you can buy for twenty five dollars and sells them all out. You know, and air fresheners and like just low budget stuff for the mm-hmm. for the everyday guy. You know, like mm-hmm. Justin one day will be like, Dad, I want this pen. It's cool. And you'll grab it because it's it's not a huge investment, but it's a, definitely a piece of the core culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he's working on some things out in the desert that are going to be pretty good in Joshua Tree. So I think a lot of people I know are are taking this time to level up, you mm-hmm. know, because once we get out of this, you got to be ready to go. And you For can't sure. be doing what you were doing when we went into it, because right. everybody's mindset's going to be a little bit different. I think.
2: Are you seeing um, obviously a lot of the a lot of the A lot of this world relies on brands to hire artists or commission work or, you know, commercial projects. Is that that happening? Do you see brands that are spending on art right now? I'm not
0: seeing the brands. I mean, I'm doing that thing with Diamond Supply with Estevan. Yeah. And they just did some with Big Sleeps. But I'm not... I think the... If you ask me, and I don't know this to be true, but it's my opinion of what I see, the brand and artist relationship has kind of changed since we were doing it. Mm -hmm. Sure, BMW's working with Mar, you know, and Lamborghini just did something with Skylar Gray. Skylar, yeah, Skylar Gray. So there's a little bit of that stuff going on, but I think... I think since everything's tightening up, everyone's going a little more towards what they can trust and what's a little more traditional versus branching out. I think the you idea think on, a,
2: on the brand side. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think the idea of doing things are still there, but the actual execution is kind of a little bit in limbo because, you know, they're tightening up budgets and there's there's less events happening because what we do when right. we do stuff for brands, there's a lot of event. Sure. Aspects Live to it, like with Scion, or, it was like the tours, and it yeah. wasn't. You can't paint the car and just put it on the internet. You know, is it worth paying David Cho to make a two hundred thousand dollar car to just have on the internet? You want to drive it down the beach, right? Mm-hmm. So on the brand side, it slowed down a little bit. How, but on the property side, you know, when it comes to commercial, whether it be condo developments or yeah. it's a hotel or it's a restaurant, there's a lot of that going on. You know, there's a lot, and there's two sides to it. There's the high end side where they're paying Kelly. Or risky or someone really good a lot of money to do it and or there's the lower inside where there's somebody that can just get the job done
1: mm-hmm. you know like a noodles mm-hmm.
0: for, at the house you know it's like it looks great to me you know didn't have to pay risky a bunch of money to come paint right. the patio yeah. but you got the same effect so i'm Especially noticing because
2: when we move we can't take these brick walls with us well we could <laughs> but, but i
0: don't know if noodles is worth it um but i mean just even when i pulled up here the butterflies outside i mean yeah. that's, that's risky did
2: the place uh like two blocks over, really? yeah,
0: see what I mean, so I think art in general has become more a, a you know a stronger piece of our everyday life, and I think people are starting to recognize and respect the the, the feeling it gives people and 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 kind of what what it's worth, so I'm seeing a lot more of that going on, like I got a couple of projects in Santa Monica, a big development guy wants me to come in and look at some things. Mm. So I'm excited about that, but on the brand side, I think it's slowed down. I think brands need to get at us though, you know, if you're a brand I mean, and you're listening. It's
2: interesting, is like what you were saying at the beginning, like, because there's less clutter, there's less happening out there, right? If a, if a brand, you know, if a car company showed up at the, at the diamond thing, uh, they'd make a big splash, right? They'd, they would have a, they would capture more of people's attention than they would have, you know, two years ago because there's 50 things yeah, happening Yeah, because Fairfax day. is banging, yeah. Right. And, you know, the time, I mean, the brands that I talk to, you know, there's a lot of still just let's sit on our hands, let's hold our budgets, let's just wait.
0: Yeah, wait it um, out.
2: Wait it out, which I, I've said from day one, that's a mistake, right? Because when you're waiting, somebody else is not waiting. Yeah. Um, although I, I haven't really seen the brands too much who aren't waiting um but you know i think uh you know this is when there's opportunity for
0: for you heard of life water yeah so life water just did a big thing with trav Mm -hmm. where he designed bottles and then kelly risky's obviously doing the stuff with monster where you know nationally you can go into a convenience store or a gas station and buy a risky you know, oh, can. Cool. But what's nice. what's crazy is I went to one of my boys' house here, and he had the can. I'm like, "Yo, you got a risky can?" He's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's risky. It had butterflies. Right. He didn't even know what it yeah, was because it's not being touted at sure. the store. It's just a can." Yeah. I the mean, shelf.
2: I I think it's like you know, I remember people when, when when I first started Rebel. I remember people used to tell me like, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, every every brand is." Like, you know, every brand is is using Moby in their commercials and, you know, electronic music is like going to be that, you know, that thing. And I was like, you know, nobody knows that it's Moby. Yeah. Right. Like, no. I mean, Moby's maybe a bad example. Yeah, We know,
0: but not everybody
1: knows. Right.
2: But like the they're not. My point is, like, brands are not coming to this culture because of the stars. They're coming to it because they like the sound. It fits their yeah where they're going the vibe of their of of their thing right but they're not like investing in the culture in the way that that suggests and i think it's the same thing is like we need some something that looks spray painted on the can to put on a 200 million cans yeah 199 million plus of those people that buy them are not going to know not who it is. Know. They're yeah, not monster
0: care. is monster is investing a lot into Kelly to what Kelly's doing. They should because right? they have a great relationship. But that doesn't translate to the end buyer though. Well, in Kentucky, it, if you're buying that in a gas station, you have no clue who it is. But
2: my point has always been that it's, that they're missing the they're 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 only getting the tip of the iceberg, right? That if the can if the spray art gets you to pick up the can. That's great. That's done its job. But then there's, there's an opportunity to bring people into this rich story. Yeah. Right? That, to make them care a lot more. Because the thing is, you know, sure, they picked up the graffiti-looking can today. Tomorrow it's going to be football season, yeah. and they're going to want a football.
0: Well, speaking of football, Kelly painted at Super Bowl. So did Tristan. Dope. But once again, I don't think it was as widely known as it could have been.
2: Well, like, I think a, a good example is the is the NBA jerseys, right? And yeah. so, you know, we had uh, Cartoon. Cartoon, we had Hayes. Uh, was that it? No, there was a couple others. No, I can't remember. They just, um, Mitchell and Ness just did a new series with musicians. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, the E40 in the Warriors jersey and, uh, you know, a bunch of, I forget all the names. But, um, you know, like... That's it's cool. Like it's great that that's happening. I think you know if you look at the Hayes one or the cartoon one, it's like it's easy to just see, like that looks, you know, more relevant. Yeah. Right. And but the opportunity is for them to convert some of those fans into people that are really following the story and learn about cartoon and what he's yeah done. Not just him, but like yeah the the culture. culture. Yeah. Right. Because that's what makes those visuals
0: relevant. Well, speaking of that, when we do the thing at uh, Diamond Supply, we got a bunch of lowriders coming and motorcycles. Like they're gonna give Fairfax a slice of what like this is Los Angeles looks like. You know, so if and kids don't know, they will after the thirteenth. And Nick's pretty excited about that. He's like, I want to bring LA to Fairfax. I'm like, all right, nice. So February thirteenth. February thirteenth. 12 to 4 on Fairfax at Diamond Supply Co.
2: Okay, and for people that's not in LA, they can get it online? Go online
0: at Diamond Supply Co website and there'll be some stuff available or you can get the prints at sugarpressart.com but they'll probably go quick, so don't hesitate. They drop, I mean, seriously we're only doing 25 of them. Right. Well, we have three different ones. We have, big, we have a 30 by 40 24 by 36 and an 18 by 24, but it's 25, 10, and 5. Nice. So they'll probably go fast. Um, eBay. You can get those on eBay if you're not here.
2: Yeah. How much, is that, is, how much are you thinking about the resale market?
0: I think for Esteban, it'll be big because he doesn't do a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I think for Tristan, he doesn't do a lot. So it'll be big for him. I think for some of the rest of them, probably not so much. But I mean, I definitely, we, we, we brought the numbers down so that they would be hot after the fact you know mm-hmm. because that's where you build up for people like me and you that's where the that's the that's that's the payoff you sure know? the money's little in the beginning but if you can actually do something and then it's like highly traded or highly sought after on ebay then people are like oh look what you did you know yeah. it's easy to sell 25 prints but it's hard to get five times the value a month later or right. two months later yeah, yeah so definitely. i'm hopeful but i think first devon will be able to command that we're only doing five 20 by 40s 30 by 40s You know, on the L.A. Fingers, they were they dropped at a thousand. And the last one he sold, I think, was like six grand. Nice. So that's six times the value in a year and a half. Yeah. And he did a hundred of those. So imagine I'm only doing five. Wow. You know, I thought about putting it on eBay and buying it myself for like 20 grand, like two days later. You know, building the hype. I'm only kidding. You probably don't have to. Yeah. I think that'll happen. All right.
2: Eddie, thanks for doing this, man. It's always fun having you on. I think you're our our most uh, repeated guest. And always welcome, of course.
0: I would never say no, and I can't wait to come back. Dope. But you know what, Josh? You suck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I hope you enjoyed that. That was Eddie Donaldson on Rebel Radio. Uh, let's now go to an interview from a few years back. We had Esteban Oriol, the legendary photographer who has chronicled street culture, celebrity culture. Um, he's a, a huge part of the, the LA art and photography scene for the last few decades. We had him on, I forget exactly when, it was a couple years ago and uh, talked about all kind of great stories from his amazing career. Uh, I really love this one, so I'm gonna share it with you now.
1: Famous people you only get five minutes mm-hmm. and sometimes that's all you need like I did a shoot with um, uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino for the Righteous Kill mm-hmm. uh, movie packaging and the first day first of all they didn't want us to do the job because they were like when they came to us they came to us for a cartoon to do a, a skateboard collabo with Rob Dyrdek because yeah. he was in the in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I told Cartoon and and like our manager that we were working with at that time. I was like, "Hey, you know, we should try and do the um, the movie poster." And they're like, "Nah, they never give it to us." You know, like they just called us to do the skateboard. I was like, "Man, we need to do that movie poster. Like, we need to at least try." You know, and our manager guy was like, "Nah, you know, like you're tripping." You know, like. We need to just do the skateboard and get the check and keep it moving. Yeah. So I told Toon, I was like, Toon, we've fucking been watching Al Pacino and Robert De Niro movies for our whole life. Seen some of them like a hundred times each. Like, just tell them at the meeting, you know, just see what they say. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, well, that sounds great, but we already shot the movie poster and, you know, um, But if you guys want to do like a comp uh, movie poster, you know, maybe we'll give you the photos and you could draw it and, you know, do the movie poster like that. Because at that time, Shepard Ferry had just done one for the Johnny Cash movie. Mm -hmm. And he had done like an alternative marketing thing, which was the, you know, art movie poster. So they said, if you want to try and do something like that, that's cool. So They we got the pictures and they were horrible. Like all the photos of them were just garbage. So Cartoon was like, "Can I tell you something?" The the movie company's like, "Yeah, what's that?" And they're like, "These pictures are horrible. Like, please let me just get my homie in there to do some pictures and and we'll kill it, you know, because he knows what I need." And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's funny you say that. You know, a couple other people that saw the photos they said the same thing." But you know, there's no way to get them together, so there's like a Monday and a, like a Monday and a Wednesday that we're doing this reshoot. You could try it then. So it was Monday I went there. I was sitting there for eight hours, and they had me bring they had me come in. they're like, "Hey, where's that photographer guy? He needs to shoot a picture for the movie poster, And the guys bring me over, and they go, "Okay, here's uh, Robert de Niro and I was like hey how you doing sir you know like fucking one of my big time like idols I was like nervous as fuck and I, I hey how you doing sir and, you know let me get this shot Yeah, goes yeah yeah. Oh, yeah okay okay. and then the actress was there and he goes here come here get in this shot with me you know but in my head I was like fuck you know that's not the movie poster right. you know I had to shoot <laughs> Robert De Niro and Al Pacino yeah, and yeah, then yeah. like photoshop them together he's fucking up the program. So he grabs the girl and brings her in there, and I shoot like three or four frames. I'm like, okay, great, thank you. You know, now back to the shot. And so the director comes up and goes, hey, so did you get the shot? That was great, right? Shot, you know, Robert De Niro for this? And I was like, yeah, but it's not what I need. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, you know what movie posters look like, right? Yeah. I go, it's... Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. And I go, and he brings a girl. And are like, what am I going to, what yeah. do I do? He goes, well, can't you Photoshop her out? I go, you know, like, come on, man. Like, I'm not a <laughs> fucking magician, you know? <laughs> and the light was horrible. Like, the lighting was yeah. set for them yeah. sitting down on the couch. Right, so right. they had the lighting, like, at a low angle. Yeah. And if you stand up and you shoot a light like this up into somebody's face, it's the worst lighting ever. Yeah. It's like the most horrible lightning is shooting up into their face like their face just looks mm-hmm. disgusting so those photos are like garbage you know and i was like "Fuck, man what am i gonna do so i was there for eight hours and i was just waiting because i had these two walls there was a black wall and a gray wall where they met kind of like right here mm-hmm. and i was like if i get them outside this door there was like overcast day of perfect light no shadows I, i'm gonna shoot him on the black wall i'm gonna shoot him on the light gray wall and it's it's a wrap i i got it the fucking sun goes down and i was like man i can't even do this shoot i was telling my guy you know that i that i work with marco i was like man they fucked it up you know they could have just gave me five minutes and just let me shoot this guy like it would have been like so quick yeah he goes well you know what can you do let's get out of here, it's, you know, it's too, it's done, so I was like, fuck, man, I go, I get in the car, and there's an email to, like, 60 people in the movie company, and all, everybody, I don't know who the fuck was on there, and it said, Esteban Oriol did not get the shot today, so we're just going to go with cartoon drawing the, the, from the photos that we got, and that was, like, the most, like, like, my name was shining yeah. so yeah. big and so bright right there. I was just like, and it just said, like, Esteban Oreo fucked up. You know, like, that's how I saw it in my head. And it was just, like, fucking, like, went out on, like, the bat, yeah, the yeah. Batman light across the sky. You know, with all those names of, like, big-time people and heads of these fucking people. I was like, I called my wife, and I go, hey, man, this motherfucker's had me sitting there, like, Willy lump lump you know, for eight hours like don't they know who I think I am you know they fucking shit on me over there and she goes well what are you gonna do I go there's nothing I can do I'm fucked it's over she goes wait a minute like isn't this the guy that you know when you shot Dennis Hopper you said if I shot Robert De Niro Al Pacino I could quit after that I go, yeah that's that's right I said that and she goes so you were standing next to your like dream photo shoot for eight hours, and you didn't do shit. You didn't get the shot. And, and I go, no. And she goes, man, you need to call them motherfuckers up and tell them you'll be there tomorrow, and you're going to get that shot. And I go, I can't do that. You know, like, you can't just fucking call up the movie company and Robert De Niro and say, hey, I didn't get the shot. You know, come tomorrow. Yeah. And she goes. Man, I shoot, I thought I was with you know, you're sounding real pussy. You're sounding real pussy right now, you know. I was like I love your wife. <laughs> yeah, she I wanted That's to incredible. just punch her through the phone, you know. <laughs> I was like, Fuck man She you know, they, the wives always have a way to like just stick the knife in real That's slow nice. and just like take it up, you know. And I was like, Fuck man I go, Fuck it, you know. I got mad and I hung up and then I called my boy Marco and I go, hey Marco, tell them that we're going to come tomorrow and take the shot. He goes, oh, no, no, you, you didn't get it. It's like, we're not, it's over. Yeah. Didn't you see the email? I go, yeah, I saw the fucking email. Call them up and say, hey, Esteban didn't get the shot, but we're going to come tomorrow and he's going to get it. Yeah. And he goes, and I go, don't ask him. Yeah. If you say, hey, can Esteban come and get the shot, they're going to be like, nope. Tell them, hey, Esteban wasn't able to get it, but tomorrow we're going to get it. And they go, he calls them up and he goes, yeah, Esteban didn't get the shot, but tomorrow he's going to come in and, you know, sh- do it again. And they go, oh, that's great. Well, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro will both be there on that day. And I was like, well, fuck, why did I have to do the Monday <laughs> this guy and the Wednesday this guy if they're both going to be there on Tuesday, you know? Incredible. So I go there on Tuesday, I'm there six hours, and I'm like, You know, sitting out there, it's cold in Culver City, and fucking um, the lady goes, hey, where's the photographer guy? And I go, I'm right here, right here. They go, okay, get ready. They're gonna come through this door in about a couple minutes. I go, okay, I'm ready. And right when I said, I'm ready, the door busts open. And there's those two guys in the front and like 30 people behind them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, managers, hairstylists, attorneys, lawyers, accountants, everything. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, they're both here. So I went up to him again and I told you know, Robert, you know, hey, I know you're, you know, one of your old daughters, your stepdaughters, uh, you know, Dre, Dre and uh, Mare. And um, he's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that was like the icebreaker with him. Yeah. And then I told um, Al Pacino, "Hey, I was gonna shoot you before at Harry Dean Stanton's birthday party, you know." But you know, they said you had left by the time, you know, they had got it at range. He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, you were there that night, and that was a icebreaker with him." Then I shot like one roll, of it. that film had ten frames on it, and then another roll of like five. And they go, "Okay, thank you," and they start clapping. And they took him away, and I was like, "But uh, it, you know, like I still have half a roll, you know." And um, I I drove that film to the to the lab and I go hey, I gotta watch you guys develop this like, I gotta make sure <laughs> that, that I got the shot cause I put so much on it like this you know I was ready to kamikaze yeah. you know my low rider off a fucking cliff if I didn't I get in there and they like I just see the shit coming up and I was like I got it you know I called the, my boys and I was like hey man I got the shot they're like you did what did, you know like what I go I got a shot. And we, we did the mock up poster, and they used that for the whole campaign. Amazing. And they use it for all the buses, the bus benches, the, the billboards, and the DVD. And they cut the check. And <laughs> they cut yeah. the check. Man, I,
2: your wife is my hero.
1: Yeah, she's Good. dope.
2: If you like that, go back to the Esteban Orio interview, listen to the whole thing. And uh, what else? Tell us what you thought. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Hit us on Facebook. Uh, Check out our YouTube channel, Rebel Radio Net, for videos of a lot of our interviews. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.